Hey guys, just wanted to give you a quick update that last night we were having some streaming issues on YouTube. So Steven started recording the episode and some of it unfortunately was a little lost in the beginning. Uh, just a heads up. So if anything seems a little weird, questions don't come across the way that you think they should have, or some of the answers seem a little odd, Sorry about that, but just re-ask any of the questions that you had from the chat room or that we kind of maybe lost a little bit in translation in the comments below, and then we'll get those answers to you from Ian and from Mr. Russell Bobbitt. Uh, thanks for tuning in and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Sea Time, everybody. The off-road show that brings you all the results, news, and online shenanigans that make being online a good time. We'd like to say thank you to Fly Racing for their support of Sea Time. Please go check them out at flyracing.com. Welcome to Sea Time, everybody. Your host here, Brian Pierce, for this fine evening and awesome. We have an Aussie guest on the couch. Give me a five. Yes, Mr. Rob. Uh, Hello. Rob, if you have guys haven't checked it out, go back definitely into the archives. You've been on the show twice now before, from 2014 and 2015. Is that correct? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I, I don't have, remember I the exact years, but it's been twice. So yeah, Rob is from Australia. They, he and his uh, lady friend make travels to the United States every now and again. And uh, we've been in contact for, shoot, I mean... Years, really, like yeah, yeah. probably almost about a year into doing seat time. We've yep. just always emailed each other. So when he would come into the States, we'd always chat, try to meet up, have a beer. Started coming on the show, and it's just been a lot of fun to have you on the show when you're in town. Yeah, thank We're you. We're going to keep up that agenda. It's super fun. So, of course, this is Seat Time, the beer drinking bench racing for the off-road enthusiasts out there on the world. Uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in. We're going to have a great little uh, show for you guys tonight. We're going to have Mr. Russell Bobbitt, five-time now, five-time national enduro champion, and we're going to have Ian Blythe on after that. Um, we're going to talk dirt bikes. We're going to talk off-road. Um, I'm going to drink beer. Rob's going to keep drinking beer. It's going to yep. be a really good time. We're also going to talk to Russell Bobble about man facial hair growth. Like I feel like <laughs> he's just done such a good job in the past couple of months that we could probably not only get really good dirt bike suspension techniques from him, but maybe also ways to, to potentially grow uh, better facial hair. I think we're going to really, really get some good information out of the man. Um, of course, if you haven't checked out our sponsors before, please go check out Fly Racing. You can find more about those guys at flyracing.com. Kinda Tires at kindatire.com and SRT Offroad at srtoffroad.com. I like how they make it easy. The easiest URLs in the world. Do they have a russellbobbit.com, Russell Bobbit? Used to. You used to? What happened? <laughs> yeah. Uh... I guess it kind of just got left alone. You're like, kind of quit messing with it. Instagram came around, and who needs a website, right? Yeah, you know, it just, I kind of sucked at taking care of a website, and I definitely can't write code or anything. Well, that was a really good conversation. I felt like I actually had done the best job ever in fucking YouTube. Maybe yeah, maybe YouTube was like, this guy needs to get off the air with a vengeance. Is it back up? Or maybe we, have we been live the whole time like that one time you thought it was down? Because there was a time he thought that, Bobbit, and I'm just like talking like this, and the whole time it's streamed. Because Steven's like, it's not working, I promise. Yeah, so do you want me to restart the show? Or are we just going to go right back into the fact that Bobbit asked me how big it is? You guys are killing me. Just won your fifth national. Um, yeah. After four. After four, next is five. You wouldn't skip that one, would you? You wouldn't just go to six. Right. Right. I like so, that. Uh, so after the fourth one, it was like, I could have a fifth one. That's right. Okay. Yeah, we take them as they come. Now, see, let's do this. Now, if you'd have had a website at russellbobbitt.com, I'm sure I could have gone there and been like, oh, these are the years that Russell Bobbitt has won, right? After yep. five years. And I won't lie to you, I did a good 10 minutes worth of Googling, and I found 2016, and that was easy because I know that, and then 2011. Now, we were thinking a little bit about his bike, right? Something that maybe stays super consistent. Are you just peeling out? What's about your bike, Mr. Russell Bob? But at this point, you could talk to us about anything. Uh, I think that made a big difference, and uh, I knew I was going to be really competitive on that. So uh, I stuck with it, and turned out that was the one. That's interesting. I think Cody Webb, I think, made that same change. He was always on a 300 uh, for Endurocross, well, RPM 300 when he was on the KTM there. But then when he rode the 2016 250 XCF, he was like, holy crap, this bike's awesome. 
Where that's now yeah. what he rides uh, for enduro cross this year. Uh, that's interesting. But what what other? Were you you were kind of always a two stroke guy too, weren't you for for most of your career? Yeah, I mean, uh, I thought I was a diehard two stroke. I was one of the last guys, you know, on one, and then. I just wanted to try something different, and that's when I, I see 2014, I was on the Husky 350, and that's the year I broke my knee on the first round of the season, so uh, from then on, I've been on a four-stroke, and this is my first season winning on a four-stroke, so that was kind of cool, too. That's awesome. And for riding different types of motorcycles, I mean, what, what are, you, are you a two-stroke guy? Are you a four-stroke guy? Like, how do you feel about that? Yeah, so I'm, I'm running both at the moment. So I've got a, um, we were just talking about it before, Brian, weren't we? So I've just uh, set up a, a CRF250R as my uh, Clubman race bike, which I, I bloody love. And then I've got a, a 300 two-stroke uh, for bush riding. And so I'm kind of in the middle. I got the two. I've always, I've always preferred four strokes for trying to race. Yeah, which is uh, right. my kind of topic. Um, and I've always preferred the two strokes for the extreme stuff. So yeah, I'm kind of completely in the middle. I got one for one for each. Yeah. I would, I would love to be in that man's shoes. Well, I mean, I wouldn't mind being a five-time thinking about a six-time national enduro. Yeah, that'd be better than my, than my shoes. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I have the 350 XC, and there's like. <laughs> I'm, sometimes I absolutely love that bike, but then like this year at the TKO, I wanted to just leave it at the side of the mountain. Like, but then <laughs> the year before when it was dry and I was in a little bit better riding shape, like I loved the 350 there at the TKO. So it was just, uh, yeah, it was just shitty. That sounds there. like a rider error. I'm not gonna tell you that it's not. <laughs> not gonna tell you that it's not for sure. But uh, so I want to know though that 250. That's pretty interesting. So what is it about that 250 that you think? That you, you think that the way that the bikes are being developed now, mm-hmm. that they almost have a little bit of a three-stroke or three-stroke, uh, two-stroke feel to them? Because I feel like they're getting. I don't know the right the, the words that come to mind is poppier, which makes it feel yep. a little bit snappier, like yep. a, like a two-stroke would be. Um, but but obviously now we don't have to worry about the power band aspect of that. Um, and I uh, didn't know if there's any con- correlation there no i don't really think so i don't think i ride the four stroke because it feels more like a two stroke i mean it's uh i wouldn't say it's poppy i mean now the new 350 it's pretty aggressive i mean if you want it to be i mean you can manipulate it to make it you know smooth and but it's a it's a powerhouse and that's what i was originally starting the year on and I just felt like it was too much for me. And so that's why I tried the 250. And lap time after lap time, I was faster on the 250. So uh, I was just more comfortable with how smooth the kind of throttle is and the easy roll-on power that just kind of left you connected like with the ground. And that's why I liked it the most. So what Russell Bobbins is saying is that I need to get on a 250XC and there will be way less rider errors. I think so. Yeah, I think that's professionally endorsed. That's the way that, yeah, professionally endorsed. I like that. It's like Russell Bob, it's like, you can be the one-time almost fifth-year national enduro champion after your fourth, of course, if you were to be on a 250XE. <laughs> It'd probably help. <laughs> I like it. I like it. But so um, making those changes between like a 350 and a 250, one of the biggest things that people give us flack for, and I think I get a little too excited, you know, and we get a little too personal, and maybe that's fine, but tell us some of the bike stuff. Like, what is some of the weird things like suspension setup when you come in there and you've just got to really do all this testing? I think when you started on a 350 and go into a 250, like, what's some of the immediate things that you're kind of like, wow, like, this was different between those two bikes, but, and then I didn't expect that. Or maybe like suspension thingies that had to have happened because, you know, you rode the 250 different, obviously faster than the 350. So this had to happen with your suspension or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, suspension definitely had to change, I think, from the 250 to, or from the 350 to the 250. Um, and, but the biggest difference was just like how the bike cornered and then like the change in inertia. Uh, from the 350 to the 250 because the 350 seemed almost I mean it carries more into the corner like the 250 you can just tip in and not worry about it like it's gonna you can ride almost tighter lines you know on that bike but the 350 you know you 
it, you have to have a stiffer setup, I think, also, just because it's not much heavier, actually, of a bike. I mean, same frame, and uh, all everything's the same except for the motor, and uh, it just the way it pushes into the corners, and also the more power, you know, it's uh, yeah, you need it to just to hold up a little bit more. It seems like right. Okay. Yeah, I figured that that would be somewhat the case, but again. Too many rider errors to really be able to do too much uh, testing on a motorcycle. A lot of you know, all my R and D really happens at the bar, um, so it's <laughs> kind of controversial, I guess you could say. Uh, when it comes to training, we're like talking about the rider. You know, besides coming on seat time to make yourself just a general badass, uh, like what do you attribute the most effective part of your training to? You know, to, to your national enduro championship this year. Um, I think training wise. I think riding just a lot of uh, terrain that was similar to upcoming events. I mean, I did a lot of, you know, some strength stuff and, you know, some pedaling. I did actually less road biking this year than I've done in the past uh, just because I wasn't as into it, I guess. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, I think riding the dirt bike a lot and – I try to kind of emulate conditions or go to the test track near me that most likely suits where I'm going to race next. And I think that that kind of helps me feel more comfortable when I get there. Absolutely. Is there an ability to get to event, not events, but to those areas early to be able to do riding? Or is it just like, okay, it's going to be rockier with a lot of elevation what's kind of close to here the weekend before where you know where you're at uh in the states and stuff like that locally yeah i mean i did everything locally like try to make a track or have a track as similar as possible within an hour from my house Uh, i know i i drove to a lot of races but also flew to some when i when they were a little bit further and uh you know i felt like in the past, like a long time ago, I loved showing up to the races early uh, and trying to ride somewhere really local. So I just felt as dialed and rode the race bike and, you know, rode on the similar train. And I think there's a lot to be said about doing that. And um, that gave me a lot of confidence back then. But now, you know, just some things have changed. And with the, the way the team's working and uh, just try to get as well prepared at home and you know, bring confidence to the race and just bring it there. Yep, I hear that. Um, speaking of teams changing, um, it, d- is it true that you may wind up be doing some GNCCs next year? Yeah, that's uh, the plan. Nothing's really actually in ink yet, but uh, I think the the way we're moving is to do a full pull on both the Enduro and GNCC series. So Yeah, it's like... I mean, again, like when you're at the last round of the Enduro, I guess everybody's kind of talking about what next year could look like, this, that, the other people and stuff. And the, 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 scope, the scoop was that you and Caleb Russell would be like two-man team in the KTM tent, right, at the GNCCs and then at the National Enduro. So that'd be, I mean, he is the National Enduro champion last year. You're the National Enduro champion this year. So that's obviously good coverage there for the National Enduro. And then at the GNCCs, he's got this shit like, what, four times now? Yeah, that's that's insane. So I think you've got a you you can, uh, you know, like like me from you, like I can learn a lot from you. You can learn a lot from him. Yeah, I think absolutely. I mean, I I'm looking forward to this off season and you know really getting kind of focused on what I'm going to do next year. And I think I'll be able to make a lot of good strides and move in a good direction and be prepared for that. Uh, Yes. I like you at GNCCs, though, Mr. Russell Bobbitt. You know why? No, why? Because you look really good in your outfit. Oh, thanks. Well, you know, <laughs> I got good companies that, you know, make me look good. There it is. See, that's what it is. As long as you've got good photographers, you're always looking good. That's what's happening. <laughs> and we know Cole does a good job. So, I mean, that beard, though. Can the man not grow a sexy lumberjack beard? Yeah, yeah, it's full lumberjack, especially with the, the background that we're I know, it's take. like, this is my house. I built it after I grew my beard. <laughs> what do you think? Um, You know, it's uh, just, I like to have a beard, you know, especially approaching winter. I've run it a lot longer, but 
it's not uh, quite up to professional quo, I think, for some people's deci- decision. So, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> well, it's a good thing. I mean, if you just if you want me to talk to Auntie, you just let me know. I've got his email. <laughs> All right, just put in a <laughs> yeah, sure. Maybe we can get like a vote going on, an I, online vote. I, yeah, dude, we got uh, so November's coming up, right? And now there's this big push with Movember. If you were to be a big, huge Movember participant, like pictures daily about your Movember beard and all those kinds of stuff, and then at the end, and then you like get a bunch of Movember people behind you, and then you're like, but I want to keep growing it for Movember till next, you know, and then he's like, well, yeah, we guess we can't get, let you get rid of it now. Well, you know, we can come up with something like that. <laughs> We'd give it a shot. I mean, I like making sure that the man realizes that he can't have everything. Okay, he can take some things, but the beard's got to (laughs) stay. we got to make this work. Okay, before we let you go, most fun race of the year between all the National Enduros that you got a chance to do, and then let's just call it your your, uh, most unliked? How do you say that, you know? Least favorite. favorite. There we go, least favorite. Least favorite. Yeah, yes, I'm okay with that. All right, well, we can start with least favorite because that's pretty easy being it was this last weekend. Oh, no! I had so much fun and you didn't yeah. like it. I know. I, I flipped through your video really quickly. I didn't watch the whole thing, but um, I, I saw I got through could... 20 seconds of all of it. It was great. <laughs> yeah, I saw that you liked it a lot. <laughs> I, uh, I can't really say that, but you see, you know, I'm like, pretty stressed out all day too so like that takes the any fun that i probably would have had out there out of it it's just not a fun day when it's coming down to the wire like that it sucks and i've been in that position at every championship i've had i've never wrapped it up early so um that's just how it is but the final race like I'm not even happy afterward. <laughs> it just <laughs> I mean, it takes a while for it to like calm down. Okay, I did win. All right, cool. Let's end let's just get rid of this day. Yeah, can can I go to sleep and just wake up tomorrow now, please? <laughs> exactly. Okay, so uh most most fun. Doesn't even need to be your favorite. Maybe just one that was just like, damn, that was a great day of riding dirt bikes at a race. I mean, Cherokee Enduro, my hometown race. It's yeah. uh those guys worked their ass off and put together a killer enduro when we had prime conditions and uh i mean that's what a fun single track race is all about they just uh they had a bunch of mixed terrain and cut a ton of new trail like with machetes and walking trail i mean that's pretty rad i agree it sounds good did you you gotta admit though the grass track this past weekend was phenomenal that was awesome. Yeah, I'll okay. admit that. Okay. That was super fun. I had fun at each, the start test and the last test. That, that was definitely my favorite part of the day. I mean, uh, just the other parts, like some of it was a little bit fast and you couldn't quite see or you'd drift out in some of the mode stuff because you're trying to push, you know, and you'd clip something that you never saw. It's just it's pretty uh, daunting terrain. Uh, uh, they did tell us. Mr. Russell Wilbert at the writers' meeting to not do that. I mean, I hate to say this. I listened, okay? People don't expect yeah. that of me, but even I listened. I try to listen. I try to do it, but sometimes you get off track. When you got a manly beard like that, sometimes it deflects things that are not badassery, okay? And when you tell me not to do something, it just doesn't, it's like, no, we can't, we can't have that near Mr. Russell Wilbert's ears. It deflects that kind of stuff. <laughs> I wish it had superpowers. I understand, my friend. I understand. No, and you're right, though, to, to that point. So for those of you guys, go watch some of the videos that I put out there. We're going to be adding more throughout the week. But, yeah, they had these mode sections. And on the side of it, it's like four to six feet tall grass. And if you even started to get, like, a foot into that grass, shit got gnarly quick because there was just a bunch of, like, and there weren't even, like, baby head rocks. They were weird. Some of them were super flat. So by, by flat, they were flat standing up. So if you even clipped one of those guys, it was, like, it, your front end was just wiggity wiggity whack. It was pretty crazy. I'm not going to try to wrap though. That's pretty much all I've got. So we're just going to go with that. What other questions do we have for Mr. Russell Bobbitt? Uh, 
Well, the only one I had was the same one I had last time I was on. Actually, it was just all about the. Uh, you were talking about the training, the training. So obviously, your first championship was two thousand and six, and then well, that's ten years ago. Um, how have you had to? You've had to change your training regime, or have you basically kept your training regime the same, um, but just kind of increased it? You know what I mean? Like, how have you? How have you? Brian asked it at the start, but I'm really interested. Like, how have you kept on top? You know. Man, I, I mean. It's changed uh, some way or another every year, I think, yep. you know, it's never really doing the identical thing. I mean, uh, you know, even if you win a year, it's just like you still have to adapt and continue to grow and try to be a better athlete or, you know, you learn things that are actually work better for your body. And, you know, I've had to adjust things, you know, due to injuries that I've had. Yep. And uh, but I mean. I've found, I've found that, you know, getting a good aerobic base, you know, we don't have like a huge off season. I mean, it's, right. it's not like let's take a nice long break and then we get this beautiful periodization of like a long base build and then building and then like you're ready to just fire on all cylinders. I mean, I wish I start back racing February. It's, uh, you know, four months-ish, three yeah three and i'm gonna have to start doing you know new bike uh suspension testing and everything before i know it you know it's not like other i guess mainstream sports where you get a full season off kind of deal yeah yeah. so, so, so it's like train, you, riding and training hard every weekend and so you've always got that you've always got that level yeah i, I mean it, yeah. you i think you yeah you kind of have that base that's been there for years yep. and then you try to just fine tune and be healthy and ready to go at the beginning of the season okay yeah thank you yeah. i like it i just i love hearing from these guys you know the pro guys when they tell us that stuff because yeah i mean i can know. tell you that but it would not sound anywhere near <laughs> as like true to form you know like because again i do a lot of my rd r and d at the bar and i find a lot of new tips and tricks at the bottom of every beer bottle and these days and days, because craft beer has gone to cans, they've started showing up in the cans, too. Yeah, that's so I true. really feel like yeah. I'm gonna like I'm gonna hit the win soon. It's gonna be a good time. Well, Mr. Russell Bobbitt, we of course appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. Is there anything that we did not ask you that you were just dying to get off of your manly hairy under that awesomely beard chest? <laughs> um, I guess I'd li- like to talk about the Grandura event we're putting on. Fantastic. I am so glad I forgot to talk about it. Please give us your information, kind sir. Yeah, uh, so December 17th and 18th, uh, Cole Kirkpatrick and I are putting on what's called the Grinduro. It's a two-day guided ride at their private ranch in Post, Texas. And uh, all proceeds are going to the Kirk Selly Foundation. So we're super excited I mean, it's uh, going to be an amazing event, uh, a lot of fun stuff planned, a lot of cool trails laid out, and uh, we're going we're gonna to smash it. And uh, I think we it filled out quick. We had 50 spots originally available, and then we pushed it to 66 because that made sense. And, I mean, we'll just, we're just going to see uh, how it goes, and uh, looking forward to that big time. Oh, that's going to be so much fun. I did get a spot. So I'm sorry that you have to put up with me in person again, Mr. Russell Bobbitt, but I promise I will crash enough and make it humorous for you that you will be very excited to have had me along. It'll be good. I'll make sure to take you on the best trail. I <laughs> He's like, whatever I can do to make that guy crash on camera, this will happen. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You know what's funny is you say the Grinduro. This whole time I thought it was the Grinduro, like Grinduro. Like and I, so I'm always like, this is gonna be gnarly. Like they're gonna grind us into the ground. Like, but it's the Grinduro. I mean, I guess you could, you know, want to, like, make it whichever one you want. But I, I, I will listen to you, Mr. Russell Bobby. You're the five-time natural enduro champion. Okay. Grinduro, the Grinduro. With maybe maybe Cole does want to be the Grinduro, but I think it's Grinduro. Well, if Mr. Russell Bobbitt says that. I think we should go with it. Yeah, that sounds bloody cool. I'm anyway. going to change up what, I, what, I, what I'm going to be saying. So, 
we're going to be there. We're talking about that on the uh, the on the Kirkpatrick's land. It's going to be a great freaking time. They have sold out, as they were mentioning. I think it sold out in like two days. They added more spots from 50 to 66. I think that that is the smartest choice ever because you're right. 66 is the number that you need to be at for us to have our money and you all's proceeds go to the Kurt Caselli Foundation. I'm looking forward to that. I'm sure that Cole is going to be doing some filming and some photography and things like that. Steven's going to be coming with me, and he's going to be watching the RV, making sure the beer stays cold, and also filming. I'm going to have my stuff with me, too, so we're going to have our own little seat time video to go out there. And then I know Mr. Russell Bobbitt will have his beard cam on, and it's just going to be a really good time. And I look forward to posting that stuff on the Internet for everybody to enjoy. Sweet, man. I'm looking forward to that. Yep. All right. We really do need to make a beard camera happen. I mean, that just came up in my head, and I think that that would be hilarious. Like, this well, is what Russell Bobbitt's beard goes through on a daily basis. So it uh, see, I don't know if I'll have the beard still by then. Oh, We're gonna have- it's the middle hey. of December. You kind of hmm. need to. I might be able to grow it back by then. Well, yeah, he's like... <laughs> it just, like, pops up. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. That would be awesome. All right. We've kept you too long. We really appreciate the time, man. Make sure that you just give Nick Ferringer's like manly chest here a little bit of lucky rub for me. Um, and But don't make it weird. Not Probably not going to do that. Okay. <laughs> it was, I, I really felt like I was this close to making sure it happened. <laughs> you have a great night, man. We really like, appreciate the time, man. Congratulations again on your win. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> uh, so what do you think? Uh, yeah, he's a legend, isn't he? Did we do okay? Yeah, yeah, awesome. What could we have done better? Uh, I could have asked a better question than I did last year. I asked the exact same thing last time I was on. But I think it's still but relevant. But I'm bloody interested, that's Was he right. on the same time? No, it wasn't, no, it wasn't, no, it wasn't Russell, it was somebody else. But, okay, because uh, um, that would have been really weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, to, what? <laughs> uh, he's, super, he's dead unfit that dude he's, he's like, all he wants to understand is fitness bro yeah. how many air squats do you do in a minute <laughs> right now I want to yeah. know yeah I'm just going to take t- <laughs> he's going to take take notes all down and just take them back to Australia and yeah just do, uh, just do exactly yeah, what I got Russell Bobbitt's training secrets who's going to buy them yep uh, no I, I think it is really relevant we get questions like that all the time and people are like oh you know I think I think me as a fan of the sport, I like talking to these guys. I get a little enthusiastic sometimes, mm. and we kind of forget to mention and talk about some of that that pertinent information for people who do want to kind of replicate what people like Russell Bobbitt have done. And so, and for some of us, I would say myself, like I don't ever get that chance to go R and D. I don't get a chance to test. I don't, you know what I mean? Like I don't yep. get a chance to play with settings and stuff to that nature. So when somebody like Russell Bobbitt's doing X. You know, if and, and I'm like, well, let's try something different. You know, maybe let's try what Russell Bobbitt does, it, yeah. just because, right? You know, it just something different. Um, and so sometimes we forget to kind of like dial in on that t- that type of stuff. So mm. I'm glad that mm. I at least remembered to ask about the bike, and you at least remembered to ask about the fitness. And I feel like we at least covered some of that ground. Yep. Oh, and the most interesting thing, isn't it, is the whole the whole 250F scenario that seems right? to be happening all over the world. I mean, I really know? feel like I'm doing myself a disservice by being on such a pig of a 350. But it just rem- it reminds me of when I first started riding and uh, everybody would be riding at the time, uh, everyone would be riding 450s, you know, in the bush. And so all the guys would be on 450s and 450, 450 was just a bike you got when you got to a certain level that you could keep up with the guys, you know, you got right. a 450. But Nobody knew why they got a 450. They just got a 450, you know, yeah, as just, everyone yeah. else did. Because it's got, it's got the torque, it's got the horsepower. That's what you need. Um, and so that's not the case, is it, obviously? Right. And uh, you don't need one. Yeah. It was 350, right? Test back-to-back on a 250 and faster on the 250. So, whoop, we're riding the 250. Yep. That's uh, pretty ingenious. That's yep. math right there. Yep. And science. Yep. And they're professionally Melded. endorsed, as we say, you know. So, yeah, no, interesting stuff. Yeah, it's cool. I like it. Well, uh... Mr. Steven, let's go ahead and get uh, Ian called up. And so we're going to talk about this. What's cool is Ian Blythe was also at ooh, excuse me, at the Zinc Ranch Enduro this past weekend. So it'll be good to talk to him and see if he actually enjoyed the race like I did. <laughs> yeah. Or if he didn't, like Russell Poplet did. Because <laughs> apparently it could be... And then there's an odd one out then. Yeah, it could go either way. Let's get those other beers. Oh, are we on the same one? Yeah, we're drinking the same okay, one. So What does that uh, mean? We've got to do something special. No, no, we are not going to shotgun these IPAs because that would be no. a horrible idea. No. Um, 
But so what I did this evening is uh, I went to our local beer store and picked up. They've got you can do like the little uh, six packs. You know, the little single six packs uh, for eight ninety nine. So like nine bucks to do that kind of stuff. So I got two of those from a bunch of like local uh, Texas breweries. I think the only one we got was the one that actually Steven stole. Was the pumpkin one? Was the only non non Texas one. And uh, so this is Legal Draft. I think they're Arlington, Texas. Yep. And this is their IPA. It is 7.2%. So after this, we're feeling good. I'm totally not going to drive home. Steven will. Um, but yeah, so we've had a chance to try some different stuff. The Coop is from actually from Oklahoma. This is Carbosh is down from Houston. Uh, all kinds of fun stuff. Ian Blythe from Colorado. Oh, wait, we're not drinking that. Ian Blythe, the writer. What is going on, dude? It totally freaked Nothing. out. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, man. Absolutely, dude. Sorry, it seems like we might have a little bit of a delay. So are you having a good time? Are you back home in Colorado where your weather is absolutely amazing and you get to wear a flannel? Yeah, yeah. Having a great time. Uh, it's uh, an amazing time of year where you can ride mountain bikes and dirt bikes. And I went snowboarding today. So <laughs> opening up the season. Uh, opening up the season. All right. How do you even get a chance to do that? How is that physically possible? Do you mountain bike and dirt bike in the snow and then snowboard on it, or do you snowboard on the dirt? Uh, you snowboard next to the dirt. They, uh, they shoot water out in the middle of the night, and it becomes snow, and then you rip down it. Talk to me more about this thing called science, because this is baffling to me. This water-to-ice snow thing. Is that called what? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it's a thing we have here. But normally, uh, okay. But right now, uh, after riding dirt bikes a lot, it's kind of fun. Oh, dude. I would kill right now to go snowboarding. I mean, I wouldn't, like, physically kill. Like, and that's, that's called murder and illegal. Um, but I would really, really enjoy some snowboarding. That would be fun. Mm-hmm. We need to find somebody that would pay for that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and you can do all all three. All three. Can you? Can you presumably, you can ride. You can do all do that all year round as well. If you're down low enough, you can still ride dirt bikes in the middle of winter, or is it just too snowy up there? Uh, yeah. I mean, um, it's they're open most of the year. There's a few months where where it's closed, and then uh, for snowboarding, I mean, and then dirt bikes. Yeah, you always find a place. You just start driving and. and when the snow stops, you unload and start riding. But yeah, yeah, most of the like Thunder Alley will plow the snow off, and we can go ride. So most of the time, it's good. Oh, that's great stuff. Yeah, that Can would it. be that would be pretty damn interesting. I think to be able to have that kind of a that kind of freedom, where it's like, well, you know, I'm gonna go drive two hours mm. south, go do some mountain biking, some dirt biking, and then, well, I'm gonna go three hours into the mountains and go do some snowboarding. You know, like the same weekend. <laughs> so, so the only thing you can't do, the, 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 just to round it off, is you can't go for a surf. Unless you guys are going to have a wave pool in Colorado yeah. soon. Are you going to have a wave pool? Kelly Slater, wave pool. Uh, I don't know, man. Never got into water sports, so I don't, I don't know what I'm missing out on. But um, yeah, I think we are, we're pretty lucky here. We don't have, we don't have a beach or, or waves, but we got. Pretty much everything else. Yeah, so. everything well, else. Sur- surfing just came to Texas. Uh, there is now a wave pool, a Kelly is it really? wave pool is in it really? Austin, Texas. So I'm pretty sure, Mr. Ian Blythe, if you pay the right people or at least you know talk to the people with money and get them to invest in one, um, that you could easily do all four of those things and we could probably get you into wave sports. Not that I've ever surfed. I just think that I would enjoy it. So I, I want to say that I'm into water sports. Yeah, it's all it's all it's all part and parcel of the same thing, isn't it? You know, it's just all about that type of that type of sport, you know. Badassery. People people who like surfing like riding dirt bikes, and people who like riding dirt bikes like going snowboarding, and people who like going snowboarding like like surfing. It's all it's that kind of three. Those are three things, you know. Guys like Russell Bobbitt's beard. That's what I feel like. I feel like Russell Bobbitt's beard would like to do all of that. Mr. Ian Blythe, can you grow a can you grow a, a, a massive mainly lumberjack beard? You know, I've never, never tried. Uh, this is about as long as it gets. So, um, maybe I don't know. I'm just not, not worthy of it yet. Can't hang with with Russ's. I mean, four-time national champion. He can grow whatever he wants on his face. But <laughs> I don't know. Uh, fourth place. You don't get a beard. I don't think. 
Dude, I think fourth place for, for having not raced in the States a ton this year is is a pretty darn good feat. For those who don't know, um, you've been racing in Brazil again this year for the Enduro Championship. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, I went back down. Uh, you know, last year I lived there, and that was pretty fun, but um, I got a little burnt out. So this year I uh, figured it out so I could live I could live at home here in Colorado and uh, and go to school. I started uh, college in the spring and um, flying back and forth. So I went down seven times for the the Brazilian National Championship and I uh, won most of the races. Uh, had a little bit of a battle at first and struggled a little bit, but then I uh, was super solid in the last uh, bit of the season. So. Now that it's over, I'm super excited to go. Uh, I mean, I raced last weekend in Oklahoma, but I'm going to head out to Indiana and uh, see how I can do at the GNCC this weekend. Oh, awesome. Well, um, talk to us a little bit about your thoughts on the difference going back and forth between GNCC-style racing and National Enduro-style racing. Because as we just found out, it seems like Russell Bobbitt and Caleb, Caleb Russell are going to be the two-man KTM team next year, and they're both going to be doing the GNCCs and the National Enduros. And we know for guys like Russell Bobbitt, who is phenomenal at National Enduros, but doesn't have, he has a little bit of a checkered past, if you will, with the GNCCs, but then Caleb Russell has won an Enduro championship and four GNCC championships. So for someone like yourself, like, how different are they? What do you do different? Like, how can we kind of like, how can other people start to make those connections on how to get better at both of those styles of events? Uh, man, if I knew the answer to that, then maybe I'd be on that two man KTM team. <laughs> I don't know. I just, you know, try to get a, a see, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's longer but i mean it's so hard to make up time it's really just um getting a good start and hanging with the leaders and then when you're caleb russell and you're faster than everybody else like you win so i i guess you just gotta be as fast as everybody else for two and a half hours and then a little bit faster than everybody else for the last half hour and that's that's it the thing with national enduro and especially like the sprint enduros like which is similar to what I was racing in, in Brazil is you're like managing risk all day. You're it's, you're always within seconds and you're um, you're, you've always got a little bit more and you can, you can maybe if you take some risks, gain a few seconds or you can just maintain, but GNCC it's so long that those risks, like you can't, um, Maybe those guys are, are pushing super hard, but it's hard to push at the same level that you do in National Enduro and uh, even more in Sprint Enduro for the, that whole three hours. It's more like you can kind of fake it in a in a Sprint Enduro, but there's no faking it for three hours. So, I mean, GNCC is the real deal. Oh, wow. Well, that's that's interesting to hear you say that because I don't think we've heard too many people kind of put it out there like that good you know and not not in a bad way i think that i i couldn't do three hours on a motorcycle like essentially quote unquote as fast as i could go right nope i couldn't <sighs> i mean my wife and i like after six minutes you know she's excited if i'm still there you know what i'm saying like <laughs> not asleep for two minutes at that point <laughs> so it could get weird <laughs> All right, i just wanted to make sure that ian didn't have anything to say <laughs> <laughs> and also just see if awkward silence made it that much so, more fun. Because my missus is just over there. <laughs> she's like, six minutes? That's awesome. Three minutes is normal. <laughs> and, she, and, she, and she's That's laughing. Was there, was there a question? Just, just talk. Uh, we're just making fun of my sexual life with my wife. Uh, okay. You know what I'm saying? It could It could get weird. All right. Yeah, I I don't doubt it, man. <laughs> yes. Awkward silence. Okay. So talk to us about a little bit about the Brazilian Enduro Championship. The races down there are those a lot like the Enduro GP format, and and a lot like what we see at six days, where you're you're seeing a lot of very short, quick sprint tests and then transfer sections and things of that nature. Uh, yeah, more or less. Uh, it's. It's sim more similar to World Championship. That's what they like the Enduro GP. That's what they kind of 
try to be like, but in Brazil, it's it's usually a lot shorter tests. Um, like an eight minute test is a long test in Brazil, um, and eight minutes is pretty average in enduro GP. So in Brazil, they're like four to eight normally, and um, we'll do three or four laps. So and it's I mean red clay and usually rain, so it's uh, it's slick and they usually really tight and pretty technical like not so technical as enduro gp but harder than something you'd see at a national enduro just because there's just so many there's not that many racers like national enduro has 500 guys so like you can't have a bottleneck but in brazil you got like 80 guys so it's it's not they can throw some harder stuff at you um but it's cool getting to race in the in Brazil, and I mean, there's races on the like on the coast, and you can see the beach, and uh, and those are cool. And then a lot of times you start in the city. One of the races they had us like start next to a, a shopping mall and like push our bikes through the shopping mall, and then like start a test like just outside the the front door of the mall. So that's something you can't do around here. So uh, yeah, that, that stuff is cool to do. Man, there would be lawyers everywhere if they LV, did that in yeah. the states. I knew like, Australia. Yeah. E- even if you, even if they got approval and they got like permits and all this kinds of stuff, there would still be, there would be cops. There would be lawyers. There would be all kinds of people out there like, oh, we got to sue somebody over this. That's a bad idea. But I love that idea. I think it's fantastic. There's it's actually people uh, all just walking around like not even like taking notice like. You're having to like tell them to get out of the way because you're like trying to make it to the next like checkpoint, and they're just walking through like shopping, and they're like, "Oh, don't mind me, I'm just here with my dirt bike in the mall." Do you not have helmet cam footage of that? Because that would be awesome. Like, yeah. that would be like literally like I could see that going viral. Like, no, literally, I'm walking my dirt bike through a mall. Like, suck it, world. But I mean, you know, you're racing, but you could like put it on YouTube as if you just said. Screw the man! I'm walking my dirt bike through the mall. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about that. No, I had a GoPro that I, I took some videos, but I was turning it off. I never even thought to record like walking through the mall. Oh yeah, I would have been like, "This is going to be YouTube gold." Yeah, that's too funny. It's interesting. There's only there's only eighty odd people that are competing as well, isn't it? So it's uh, uh, a different kind of scene down there than presumably. Yeah, yeah, it's it's different, but they're pretty stoked about dirt bikes. Yeah. So um, it's it's growing, and there's a couple fast kids that uh, I think will be coming out of Brazil in the next few years. Hopefully, into Enduro GP, or if I can get them up here racing National Enduro, I think they do better at National Enduro because they they ride a lot of like technical Enduro-y type of stuff. Enduro GP is really like you got to be so fast on the grass tracks, but uh, um, those guys are good riding just in the trails, like really technical, tight trails. So I'd like to get uh, my teammate Bruno up here for a national enduro one of these days. Ooh, that'd be fun. That'd be cool to see. I, I would like that because I know that there have been a lot of team um, inner workings. I don't really, uh, compatriot, com- where they have worked together <laughs> and they have made sure that everybody kind of like gets a little bit of the pl- publicity along with that. So, that would be neat to be able for, you know, you go to Brazil and do everything that you've done in Brazil, and, and which is awesome. You've done fantastic down there, but then also be able to bring the Brazilians up here so that they can experience the different type of racing that we have. Because that's what's so neat about it, right, is it is so different. Um, being able to, to go to different countries and do those different formats and, and not only the different terrain, too. I could only imagine that that would be a big, a big eye-opener for all that kinds of stuff. So... Do you think that that's going to happen uh, early next year, or is that something like later in the year? Uh, you know, Bruno went and did the uh, the Spanish Enduro GP round, and then he went to Romaniacs, so uh, he's got his passport, so he can come whenever he wants. Uh, I don't have a bike for him is probably the main issue, but... Uh, as soon as we can figure that out, yeah, I know he's excited. He wants to come. So uh, yeah. I'm going to say it, it's too early to tell, but uh, hopefully sometime in the, in the future. I'd like to uh, 
it'd be cool to get him in front of the the crowd here because kid rips. Dude, that'd okay. be fun. How did how did he how did he do it, Romaniacs? Ooh, yeah. Uh, you know, he uh, he tore his ACL just before he went. He was actually kicking my ass at a uh, at an enduro there, and he planted his foot and tore an ACL and still went and uh, raced the and finished i think the first day in spain and 10th in junior and then uh he went to romaniacs and didn't start he just uh he helped the team manager who raced and he finished in the silver or something division um so he didn't get to race so i was real disappointed to see that he went but he didn't get to do it yeah that's a shame uh you'll you'll see him in the future i'm sure that's awesome that the team manager finished in the silver group, right? Yeah, in silver, basically. Like, yeah. I would just like to finish in the like copper group, which is like mm. the bar group. Yeah, you know, like yeah, I got a chance. Bronze. I got a chance <laughs> to make it all seven days drinking at all of the bars during Romaniacs. <laughs> like I feel like that. That's probably the brass and or copper group, and I need to be in that. Yeah. Oh, what's below copper? There isn't anything. Uh, iron. No, there's already an iron, isn't there? There is an iron. Yeah. Yeah, I really feel like copper because like you feel yeah. like it's a cheap metal, but yeah. in the long run, homeless people will break into your AC unit and steal your damn yeah, copper. Steal your copper so pipes. it's still useful, people. Don't <laughs> count me out yet, okay? <laughs> I'm coming back. I'm coming back. 2017 is my year. It's definitely my year. Well, Mr. Ian Blythe, are you going to be doing Dakar again? Because I know that you have been kicking butt and having a lot of fun on the rally bikes and doing that kind of stuff. So what does that hold for you in the future? Uh, Dakar is not looking like it's in the cards this year. Um, it's always out there to, I mean, I'll go. I just, uh, um, don't have a bike to ride. Um, right. so if anybody watching this wants me to go to Dakar, it can happen. Um, but it's, it's, uh, not happening with Rally Pan Am this year, which is, which is too bad because we did so well, uh, so well last year, but, um, we just weren't able to get the sponsors and the money to to do it again this year. So yeah. I can only uh, imagine maybe that twenty twenty eighteen. Yeah, I can imagine that's a huge endeavor. Um, do you know offhand? And this may be a weird question, but I'm just going to say it, and you can say I don't know how much an effort like that costs um, to be able to go and race Dakar with the team and the effort that you guys had last year. Or actually, just to say early this uh, year. Yeah, um, I mean the general number that people throw around is is a hundred grand to do it. Uh, you could probably do it cheaper, but um, yeah, I mean probably a hundred grand would you do it well? Maybe seventy to do it on the on the cheap end, but you got to do it on rally bike. Like, there's no point. Don't go to Dakar and ride an enduro bike with like set up for rally. Like, yeah. race a rally bike and. Right. And do it right, I think. Goodness. That's, that's some good money. That is that is a lot more than the ISDE because I think most people have, to me, equated going to the ISDE, and if you pay for it all yourself, which most people do, especially club teams and things like that, that it's like having a kid. You know, it's 20 to 30 grand out of your pocket to go. Is that how much it costs to have a kid in America? Or, like to, or to rear a kid? Well, I mean... It, Luckily enough, my wife didn't charge me that much, but we still had a kid. <laughs> uh, but it can't. I mean, like, if you were to go and, like, pay for all your own medical bills, I think yep. that's kind of the idea. You know, yep. if you were to go with no insurance, that you'd Jeez. be like, it, is out. it would, it would okay. be close to that, you know. And so I've heard a lot of people tell me it's like 20, 30 grand to go to the ISDE. And so... Yep. It's a lot more to go to Dakar, apparently. Mm. And you probably, and you have to qualify. Is that correct, Ian? Uh, you have to apply and be selected, okay. but, um, seems like they take most guys that like have raced, you know, it's not like ISD where you got to go like qualify and it's, it's really pretty hard. It's kind of like if you've got the resources to go and you're not a complete doom, they'll let you in, I think. Okay. They let me in. So I, I 
know how low they, they let the bar go, but they let me in. So, well, so you're, you're not a goon. You're a very talented motorcycle racer. I've seen what you did in Australia and what you've done on, on rally bikes. Um, so I think what we need to do, what is it? Is it the uh, American Express Black or Platinum? Yep. That's the no limit card. Yeah, black is, a, is, a, black? is it. That's okay. the top one, isn't it? We need to get approved for one of those. Yeah. And if we can get approved for one of those, we could totally get into the car. Set up a team. Yeah. yeah. Totally <laughs> get into the car. Because at that point, like, that's your application, right? It's like, no, no, we yeah. can ride motorcycles. Look at our videos. Yeah. You know, we crash here, but that's because this is our crash video, right? Here's our racing video. Check it out. We race, bro. And we have a black card. So that can be mine and Monica's uh, exit strategy. We'll just we'll set up a team and then we'll just bail. She's just make sure we don't come home. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, that was easy. <laughs> it's a, we have a final business business decision. Yeah, I like it. Ian, do you think that that's a that's a a good idea to just put it on a credit card? <laughs> you know, um, as a dirt bike racer, I'm not usually asked for financial advice. <laughs> uh, but you know, I think that they should just hard. And just call it the Dakar card because that's pretty much mm. the the you got to have a limitless budget to go to Dakar, yeah. so might as well just be the Visa Dakar card. Well, I don't really know anybody in the banking world, but I'm sure that you know we could probably meet a few sometime and get them to make that happen, like a Dakar card. Yep, it's just a, yeah. I'm just thinking about what it would be backed by. I just, I just feel like Brian's I, I go to a lot of bars, right? I talk to a lot of people at these bars. Like, I've one day got to run across somebody with a shit ton of money and a limitless card that likes to, like, watch people race dirt bikes. Yeah, or like a tax write-off, isn't it? Because that's a lot, of the, a lot of NASCAR stuff and everything else is all tax write-offs, isn't it? So, yep. yeah, actually, yeah. So there could, be, there could be some millionaire out there who wants to write off 250 grand. Yeah, some Texan oil baron. Uh, okay, one. Ian, uh, how can we find this guy for you? You need an oil tycoon that wants to write off 250 grand so that you can race the car. How can I make this happen? Um, I don't know, man. Uh, you're on the right track. You started a radio show, so uh, <laughs> I, I can't ask any more from you than that. <laughs> <laughs> this this uh as they say on Pulp MX this janky radio show. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well dude, we want you to be successful and it's been awesome to watch you be able to ride dirt bikes, make some money, but at the same time be able to go to school and continue to grow because I really do think that people miss out on that. Um and, and we're starting to see more riders and racers excuse me, start to pay attention to that. I mean, look what Cody Webb did. It took him like six or seven years, but by going to like one class a semester and every now and again picking up two, <laughs> he finally graduated college with a bachelor's. You know, you're right. doing the same thing, you know, going and getting a bachelor's. I think that's a extremely smart thing to do because it's just a weird place and world that we, that we work in right now. Like what I do, I don't need a degree. What I like, what I do on a daily basis, and what I get paid to do, I did not learn from any amount of schooling. Um, but I also do work for an agency that wants everybody to have a bachelor's degree. So it's just a weird, you know, like the, what comes first, the chicken or the egg kind of a thing. Yep. Where I don't know, can you do the job, and are you capable of it? Doesn't it, it's just this weird weed out process. Mm -hmm. So I think it's smart as a dirt bike racer to make sure that you've got a lot of uh, you know checks. In the, in the right boxes. And unfortunately, y you do have to say that having a bachelor's degree in something is a right check to have checked in a box because yep. it's, just, it's just a horrible way to have to interview, but some people just won't even talk to you because that's a standard. So. Yep, I, I hear you. But it's also good just riding dirt bikes all the time kind of isn't all that intellectual stimulating so even if you weren't just trying to get a bachelor's degree it's kind of helped me just feel better about myself as a uneducated motorcycle racer to be trying to better myself a little bit so um even aside from career ambitions it's um kind of made me appreciate racing dirt bikes more for sure is he trying to talk me to 
into going back to school? Doing a master's, yeah. You have to go man, and do it. Sound like he's like you, Brian. You, <laughs> you need to keep keep educating yourself, step expanding it up. your mind, you, man. You've been bumming out here. Yeah. It's like five years of challenge. college didn't do it for you. you Got to challenge yourself constantly. Yeah. constantly call, challenge he's calling yourself. me lazy, isn't he? <laughs> oh gosh. Thanks, Ian. This was such a good Tuesday. Oh my gosh. Well, what do we have left? What did you think of the race this weekend? I had a fantastic time. Russell Bobbitt, not so much, apparently, but I had a great time, and you got fourth place. I feel like you might have enjoyed yourself. I did enjoy myself. Hey, were you there? Like, I think I saw you at the riders' meeting, but you were there? You raced? Uh, bro. I was like, totes there. <laughs> yes, yes, Ian. I How was there. Was it that we got to... What's that? You mumbled. How sweet was that grass track? Was it not the sweet? Oh, it was like the extra sweets. Like seriously, and it was weird because yes, there was not a lot of moisture, but it really wasn't totally loose at the same time. Like I don't know, like. I mean, obviously, we could have done with some more moisture for it, but man, it was super sweet. Like, how oh, come? Cool. Was, was there uh, some good elevation in it and stuff like uh, that? Some no, they just laid it out really well. Like, they had a couple spots I thought that could have had a little bit more chicane, so it wasn't as like like there was a couple times you could tell they put some chicanes in it, but in the long run, you could just like just hold it open and just kind of like go down the middle of the left and right. Yeah, uh, right. Um, and so, but. Dude, I can only imagine how long those take to put out. So that's not a knock against the club by any means. You know, that's obviously outside looking in kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it was it was awesome. And I have. Uh, did you have your GoPro on, Ian, offhand for that? Did you record that? No, I didn't record it. Well, don't oh, dude, worry. I'm scared when I when I'm wearing a GoPro. I can't focus. I I feel like. I'm just like thinking about every mistake that I I made. I don't know. It's a weird weird mental thing for me. So I don't ever wear one really. But uh, it would have been a good video. Uh, but I didn't. Well, don't worry, Mr. Ian Blythe. I had a GoPro on, and it's on the seat te- the seat time YouTube channel, and you can go watch it, and you can share it, and you can be like, "Holy shit, Mr. Brian Pierce, right. you're slow." Not as slow as me. I think that would be awesome, actually. Okay, here, I have an idea, Mr. Ian Blythe. What if we did like one of those commentary videos where you watch me riding the grass track and then comment every time I do something stupid or like, oh, Brian, you should have done this. Oh, Brian, you should have done this. And then we could use that as voiceover <laughs> on the video. Uh, all right, we can do it if you want. I don't know. I'm not. Um, I mean, I did win that grass track on um, the second <laughs> time through, so maybe. I I would love that because then you're gonna like, oh no, you need to be wider here. Oh come on, man, you need to get on the gas here. Yeah. Like I think that'd be hilarious, and I think at the same time, almost educational. Yeah, yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd learn a lot from watching that. Well, you'd learn a lot from watching me go slow. <laughs> well, yeah, because you're faster than me, so I'd learn heaps about. <laughs> All right, Ian. When that went, okay, so you won the seventh test, which was the second time we did the grass track when we did it backwards. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. So when I get test seven posted, that's what we'll do. I'll send it to you. And what you need to do then is use your iPhone and record your audio of you giving me commentary on how to do a better job in the grass track. And then we'll re-export it again as the Ian Blythe version. Of like, this is what happens when a pro tells right. an amateur how to yeah. not suck. I reckon that's a good idea. I, I reckon it's a good idea, too. Ian, I am so glad that you have come up with this idea <laughs> and that you've brought it to Seat Time's attention. <laughs> All right. <laughs> He's like, I really yeah. just, I really want to go to bed and I want to go to school tomorrow because you're killing me here. <laughs> well, we love you, Mr. Ian Blath, and we appreciate you coming on the show. Um, congratulations on your second Brazilian Enduro Championship. Are you going to be going back for 2017? 
Oh, I don't know. It's on the table, but uh, man, I want to race here too. So I'm trying to work a deal where I can race uh, race something here, like National Enduro, and get paid somehow. So I mean, I don't think the guys in Brazil are watching, but I'd rather race here and and like because when I'm racing there, like if I lose, it really sucks, but. Here I'm like super pumped when I get fourth, and it's like, yeah, look at that! I just beat, I just beat Grant Baylor or somebody that I really respect. But down there, it's like, oh man, I got beat by Bruno or or Botrell. It's like, it's kind of a bummer. So I really want to race here, but I also have to make money at some point in time in my life. So, uh, yeah, tough decisions, but maybe I can, uh, I can, it'll come clear with some good results at the GNCC next weekend. Wicked, dude. Well, good luck. We appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. I'm sorry if I scared you with all of my uh, awesome ideas, but don't worry. Russell Bobbitt's beard, we're going to do that. It's going to be a camera thing, and we're going to do that, and then we're going to do the commentary thing. I really do think we have a lot coming that's just going to boost seat time like through the roof. Seat time pipeline. Yeah, the pipeline. It's full. Full of good times. All right, you have fun out there in Colorado. The next time that you're out snowboarding, mountain biking, and dirt biking all at the same time, if I don't see that in your Instagram feed, you will be in trouble. I will come up there and have a better time than you at all of those things and put it on Instagram. I will send you a picture of somebody surfing in Australia. Yeah. And then we'll Photoshop your face on them. So it's like, oh, water sports, what? Speechless. All right. Speechless. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on, guys. <laughs> Bye, Mr. Ian Blast. We love you. See you, mate. See ya. Okay, so I know that we had a little bit of a bad connection, but it was almost it almost played into the humor because like it was kind of like he was like, Okay, I know what they asked me, but I don't know if I want to totally agree with the way that they asked me, so I'm gonna think about it. I'm gonna let it mull I'm gonna mull it over, and then I'm gonna give a much more honest answer than I think that they think that I'm going to give. It was like the uh, it was like the five second lag when I used to talk to my dad in Australia when I was in England. So you'd have like, "Hello, hello, son. What have you been up to, dad? Fishing." Like that. Have a, have a ten minute conversation like that. <laughs> so like, oh, yeah, and then that's that's what, that's what we did, and uh, we made it happen. So it was a good time. All right, so. Mr. Rob, before we uh, kill this this here uh, episode two twenty six for the evening, any any other discussions? Any other quick thoughts? Anything like that? Uh, well, just my two cents, really. I guess. Um, so, uh, recluse clutches are bloody brilliant. That's number one. Uh, two fifty four strokes that you can convert to enduro club racing bikes are brilliant. That's thought number two. Uh, and recluse clutches in uh, three hundred two strokes. Uh, unbelievably brilliant for extreme enduro. <gasps> Question for being oh, extreme for riding being, no, extreme for being riding. ignorant to the languages. Was it bloody brilliant? What was the other one? Ulti- unbelievably brilliant. Unbe- what I think? What is better? Oh, bloody is better than unbelievably because okay. that's a small swear word, not a big one. A skosh. Yeah, just a little one. So, bloody like, brilliant like is better than unbelievably shit. brilliant. Just yeah. like recluse clutch is bloody brilliant over a regular clutch, which is let's just good, good to have one. Exactly, and uh, and the same thing I said last time I was on as well is that and any of the seat time listeners and watchers uh, that want to come and uh, ride bikes uh, in Australia, um, please give me a shout whenever you know. Uh, we've got a piece of land. We've got a, 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 we're going to have an extreme enduro track on there and a, a, a enduro cross track on there. Um, and, you know, heaps just never ended riding all over the place in Victoria and South Australia. So, yeah, one that, day. The offer still stands to, to anyone who wants to give me a shout as well. My, all three of my kids are going to college, or one of them won't, and then we'll go to Australia. And it'll be awesome. Yeah, you know, yeah, you got to come at some point, man. You've got, you got a car there you can drive around in. You've got everything, man. But is it, the, is it on the other side of the road? Yeah. And there's, and there's no big trucks, which is a bit of a bugger. So, but we've got a, we've got a reasonably sized trucks, but you can't have the. There's no big trucks. I, sh- I, I shared the I shared the uh, uh, your, the the price of a an F250 with you, Brian, didn't I? How much was it? Too much. The hundred hundred eighty thousand Australian. Yeah, to buy too an F-250. much. 
That's way too much. Yeah. Nobody is. needs that. No, that's way too much for that's a That's why sheet. there aren't any yeah. of them around there. Yeah. It was like five in the country. <laughs> what about a Sprinter van? Sprinter, yeah, they're the same as here. Oh. Same as here. Yeah. It's just, just the big uh, American uh, uh, trucks. Yeah, they're just crazy. crazy that's prices. ridiculous. But anyway, so yeah. Yeah, that's, that's my, there's my updates. That's a two-year update. All right. So, Sea Time Adventures uh, 2018. Yeah. It'll be in Victoria, Christ. Australia. That would be unreal. How good would that be? Jeez, we'll do like a like a, a week a week trail ride around Australia and into the outback and up in the high country in Victoria and Jesus, that would just be unreal, wouldn't it? I agree. I, it would be unreal. <laughs> we'll get a when you get a UTV sponsor, so we can get some UTVs, the port screws, so we could do some filming, uh, yep. get some dirt bikes down there, and make sure that uh, obviously the price, unfortunately, would definitely reflect the trip. But at the same time, we could make it happen. Uh, we're going to learn a few things. We have already talked to our sponsors. We're figuring out 2017 for Seat Time Adventures. We're going to have two Seat Time field trips next year. Um, so what we were going to do in December this year, we're going to nix uh, the Barnwell trip just because of the Grinduro that's going on in December. We really wanted to attend that. And we honestly didn't want to try to make it seem like we were pulling people away from that for time, money, effort, all that kinds of stuff. So we're going to go to that event. We're going to film that event. We're going to make sure that, that event has a lot of coverage for what they have done um, and next year what we're going to do is we're planning uh, two trips so two field trips so field trips are free we announce the three days of riding where we're going to be everybody shows up do beer drinking binge racing good time all that kinds of stuff um, and then we'll have one sea time adventures for next year through 2017 the goal for 2018 is again to have two field trips but then two sea time adventure rides um, two different places in the country so Best place to find out about that kind of stuff is adventures.seattime.co or just pay attention to Facebook. So facebook.com slash seattime. Of course, we're on Twitter. It's at uh, seattime underscore co. On Instagram, it's at seattime. Um, and you please subscribe, like, comment, anything you want to do on YouTube, iTunes, all of the stuff out there on Stitcher. It helps us. Remember to use all the links and banners for the Amazon for uh, Rocky Mountain ATV MC. If you do shop there and don't support your local dealer, that's okay. Just help us out. It's just an affiliate link. It doesn't cost you anymore. It just gives us a little percentage of you using that link to go shop on their site. So anytime you're thinking about that, go to the Seat Time site, go to the description in any of our shows, and you'll be able to click that stuff. And uh, again, it just gives us a little bit of a percentage. Thank you very much to our sponsors. Of course, Fly Racing. You can find out more about those guys at flyracing.com. Kinda Tire is at kindatire.com. And SRT Off-Road at srtoffroad.com. I rode the Ibex rear, uh, rear tire this weekend. It worked phenomenal. So if anybody's like, this is an extreme enduro tire, it is not. It is the best tire to run because it just grips everywhere. Now, it gives out a little bit earlier because of the fact of the gummy compound, but if you're looking for traction mm. and cost isn't a factor when it comes to that, it's a good race you know, tire. Yeah, it, it, is, it worked awesome out there in oklahoma so obviously thank you very much rob for coming on the show this evening thank you for everybody paying attention episode 226 remember always enjoy a pint full of awesome and uh see you next week peace